0: Welcome to the Geopaths Podcast Network. This is a special NAPOD POMO, or National Podcast Posting Month, episode. This month, previous guests on the various Geopaths podcasts are checking back in with a twist. My name is Summer Rylander, and I was on episode four of Geopaths Books chatting with Stephanie about The Global Soul by Pico Iyer. Now, if you listen to that episode, you'll know that it was a long one. In fact, it was an hour and 35 minutes. <laughs> so I don't want to dig too much into it uh, or make too long of a recap here. But just to bring you up to speed on the book, uh, the full title is "The Global Soul: Jetlag, Shopping Malls, and the Search for Home." Uh, it's described on Goodreads as an intriguing book that deciphers the cultural ramifications of globalization and the rising tide of worldwide displacement. So it's it's a memoir. It's very observational, uh, but it's it's Pico's quest really to understand what the word home can mean in this the context of this culturally fused, globalized world, right? So, if you listen to the conversation between Steph and I last year, you'll know that we found the book rather cumbersome. <laughs> I read it at the recommendation of Stephanie because we are both people who travel and live abroad, and the book really resonated with her when she read it some years ago. So it was actually quite a relief to me when, <laughs> as we were discussing the book in preparation for recording, that she found it equally as taxing. <laughs> There's just a lot of extraneous detail and there's a lot of kind of wandering sentences and things of that nature and it, it really takes focus on the book but we, we both ended up kind of skimming it more so than reading every word and this is fine. Listening back to our conversation I realized that We spent a lot of time discussing how difficult of a read it was, but there were a few things that I took note of to discuss today. Uh, Again, I'm not going to get too deep. Um, If you want to listen to the episode, you should definitely do that. And if you want to read the book, you should also definitely do that. So first things first, I just, I don't know what we were both thinking. Neither one of us caught this during the conversation nor in the editing process, but the book was published in March of 2001. And there was a point where we were discussing the chapter on airports and how Pico had noted that people are afraid in airports. And it came up that perhaps that fear was due to the events of September 11th. However, at the time of the writing of the book, of course, that had not yet happened. So I do feel a bit foolish for that. But uh, aside, from, aside from that, we did hit on a few interesting points, um, most notably I think the sense of place. It struck me this time that we complained about Pico being too detailed, uh, yet we both agree that we like books that transport us to different places, and this is a bit of a different situation because again this is a, a memoir sort of observational piece, whereas when you read a novel and yes, you kind of get lost in that world. But it, it was a bit of a juxtaposition, I thought, and uh, just interesting to think about that, how details sometimes matter to us as individuals experiencing something, but the very minute issues are not necessarily going to appeal to a wider audience. So, And we also talked about the concept of being an other. It comes up pretty regularly throughout Global Soul, this idea of either fitting in or not fitting in. And what I appreciate about that is that it's not always the best to fit in, like there's almost a comfort in not fitting in. And I think that for people who enjoy traveling frequently and have interest in living abroad, perhaps in multiple places, it's helpful to not necessarily fit in because then you don't feel quite as displaced when you show up in a new culture. Speaking of which, of course, this year 2020 has been quite strange and different with the pandemic and not being able to travel as much as many of us normally would have, and that has been discouraging, it certainly has. As someone who considers themselves a global soul, uh, although I have not lived in nearly as many places as Steph has, (laughs) but that's okay, I have struggled with not traveling much this year and not having travel plans on the horizon, and I'm curious what our conversation would have been like if we had read The Global Soul this year. During the pandemic, when we can't really go anywhere, we can't really plan anything, if that would have changed our perspective, particularly because Steph mentioned sensing a sort of sadness almost in the writing that she had not detected the first time she read the book. Uh, I also did not really pick up on a sadness. I, I, I think Pico's wandering is by choice. I don't necessarily get the sense that he was doing it um, to try to find himself, quote unquote, and settle in somewhere, uh, particularly as he does live in Japan. And he has said, I think in a few instances, that the fact that he can never fully become part of that culture, he can never fully integrate to the point of someone not knowing that he isn't originally from there is a comfort to him. So I'm just curious, yeah, how our perspective would have changed if we had read the book now and talked about it now. And I suppose this would be a time where one could say, well, hey, why don't you reread the book and see how you feel about it? But I'm not interested in doing that at this time, so we'll put that idea on the shelf next to the book. So as far as anything I I would have said differently or maybe changed, I, I think I still agree with the things that I said. I really believe in the importance of place. And while we can't, perhaps shouldn't, derive all of our happiness and satisfaction from one or two particular locations, and yes, of course, happiness comes from within, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I do think place is important. I think that where you live, where you choose to spend the majority of your time, plays an important role in your life. And that includes the happiness, I think, that comes from being out of place, from being in an unfamiliar scenario. Um, I enjoy being challenged by my surroundings and traveling is certainly one of the ways to achieve that so yeah uh, I guess I don't have anything super profound to say (laughs) about this conversation from last year but it was it was fun to listen back on it so um, I recommend checking out the book check out the episode of course if you are curious oh and I think I'm supposed to do an update if there was anything new and relevant to the episode i have since traveled to japan yay that was actually the highlight of my year last year my husband and i went to japan for two weeks over christmas and new year's and we went to tokyo kyoto and osaka and it was just absolutely phenomenal japan just blew my mind in every way that i thought that it might and could never have expected so i cannot wait to go back Can this pandemic please be over so that i can go back to japan it was incredible and um Yeah, I can understand why Pico decided to settle there. Um, Other than that, I believe in the episode I had said something about how reading his book inspired me to take better notes during my traveling. Um, Again, he's so detailed, almost to a fault, (laughs) but he must have taken incredible notes throughout his travels over the years, and that's something that I do aspire to. Have I done that? No, I have not. (laughs) Again, I do carry a notebook all the time especially when I'm traveling I always have a notebook on me but yeah I'm, I'm a little bit um, fast and loose with the notes <laughs> I might jot something down real quick but I have not been taking the meticulous notes that I hoped that I would so that's still something I want to work on I blame Instagram stories <laughs> in jest of course but also kind of seriously because when I'm sharing little snippets of my day here and there throughout the day uh, it feels almost repetitive to write things down again for myself So it's a shame. (laughs) It really is kind of a shame. Social media has made it so easy for us to connect and share things right away, almost instantly, that spending more time and effort on something almost feels like a drag. So I don't know. That's my own thing I have to work on, (laughs) but that's fine. Finally, I just want to mention a couple of books that I have read since The Global Soul that do not necessarily relate in any way shape or form but that I very much have enjoyed uh, these are books that as I was reading them and then had to go do other things I would continue thinking about the characters the story they've just really stuck with me so I thought I would share them here due to the limited time I'm not going to go into explaining what these books are about I just really encourage you to look them up and see if they might be a good fit for you I will put all the titles and author names in the show notes, please refer to that, and I apologize in advance for my terrible pronunciation. Okay, so I said a couple of books, but I've actually written down seven, so I'm just going to go through them very briefly. Okay, I really enjoyed Sweet Bean Paste by Dorian Sukagawa, Pachinko by Min Jin Lee, A Tale for the Time Being by Ruth Oseki, The Great Passage by Shion Miroa, Rainbirds by Clarissa Gonawan, and The Perfect World of Miwako Sumida, also by Clarissa Gonawan. And finally, Pobeda 1946, A Car Called Victory by Imar Tosca. So I think I will leave it there. Um, if you want to get in touch, I am out somewhere outside on both Twitter and Instagram. And my website is eatsomethinggosomewhere.com. So feel free to reach out. And thanks, Steph, for having me on again.